What we do in life echoes in eternity. I mean, this is what's wrong with the Christian church today. We don't know who God is, and we don't know who we are. This is where we hold them. This is where we fight. Officer, you need to repent of your lawless conduct. You don't know the law, and yet you pretend to represent it. That's not law enforcement, sir. That's being a thug. We will not stop fighting and bothering you all until this monstrous, barbaric practice of legalized abortion ends and we are teaching our children to do the same. God's word says that the shed blood of innocent humans cries out for justice and mark my words, they will have their day in court. Nobody gets saved by being treated nicely. They get saved by hearing the gospel. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. If we don't open our mouths and commend Christ, we're not loving Him, no matter what we're doing with our hands. What's up, everybody? You have tuned in to another show of Provoked, and I'm here with my beautiful sister, Desi. You're very kind. And one of the best guys in the whole planet right here, Dennis Sarfate. You're going to say I was the beautiful. Uh, you, <laughs> you kind of, you're a good looking man, I would, <laughs> would have to say. Hey, we're excited about today. You better buttle up. Buttle up. <laughs> <laughs> you better buckle up, buttercups, because uh, it's going to be a wild one. We have a lot to say. Um, it's just the season of being bold. It's the season for Christians that we can no longer take a back seat. When these things have been pressed upon us in this nation, we have to rise up and just simply be the Christ followers that Jesus has called us to be. But what Amen. we want you to do right now is go to apologiastudios.com. That's A-P-O-L-O-G-I-A studios.com. Become an all-access member. Please do it. If you do it, we continue to do what we can. We do. I mean, when you go to a ministry like Ligony or whatever it may be, and you constantly receive, I think it's only appropriate to be able to give back to that ministry because mm -hmm. so many people take, and, and, and that's great. I mean, we want to equip the saints. We want to help the people of God. That's why we do what we do. But we would just ask you to give back, to become a supporter so we can save more babies, reach people in various cults all around the world, get the gospel out, expand the kingdom. We just want to do what Jesus has called and commanded us to do. How do you help us go there, become that all-access member, so uh, we can keep going, keep the lights on, keep the people paid, and uh, expand all that Jesus has commanded us and called us specifically as a ministry to do. Um, we're here as a ministry to provoke the church. Why should we be provoked, Des? Well, because uh, we need to, you know, iron sharpens iron. We need each other to keep going because especially after weeks like this, when you, you get beaten down, we need each other. God gave us each other as a gift to um, stir each other onto good works. That's good. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's a command. It's it's provoking as something good. I, kind of in the American evangelical church, they see it as not being nice. Like the uh, the primary calling for a Christian is just to be nice, right. to go go along, to get along, to be nice, so people can come to church and hear about Jesus and the gospel. But don't you you don't see that within the framework of Scripture, especially the apostles and disciples. There's not this niceness about them. They are going out into the public 
square. They're going out into the marketplace. They're confronting sin. They're bringing the gospel. Mm -hmm. They're making inroads and just plowing forward for the kingdom. And so provoking is this stirring up. It's an agitation of the person to get them to do what they're called to do. Mm -hmm. You see it in like the, the sports world. I mean, coaches, they're not necessarily nice no. i mean they're telling you this is what you need to do and they're, they're not calling you nice names when they're doing it it's to get you to do what you need to do to, to get you to operate in a level that you're going to win that sure. you're going to be effective with right yeah i mean you're not going to go and say all right guys let's go out there and just yeah, try and hey, win guys. today no they, there's language they're they're provoking you they're firing you up mm-hmm. internally uh not so much in, in baseball before a game because the game's so long and it may be in you know later innings, but you know, football coaches, th- those guys are, are insane sometimes how intense they are. Yeah, and I feel like the church has lost that. The evangelical church has lost that. You know, it's 49 minutes and you're uh, in and out of church on a Sunday and you mm-hmm. go live about your life. So, that's right. mm-hmm. I think this is uh, provoked as a good word. Yeah, it's it's just it's a biblical word. Mm-hmm. You know, Paul saw the idols all around him in Acts 17. He was provoked in his spirit, and he said, I'm going to confront this idolatry with the Word of God. Mm -hmm. It's bringing the gospel in confrontation with what's going out there in culture. And so that's what we're all about. But we got Dennis on the program, and I'm so stoked you are on. You're on. You're such a blessing. I want to talk a little bit about your life. Dennis Scott. I know that didn't yeah. know that was your really? name. Dennis Scott. Or Denise, as Jada would say, <laughs> yep, when, I'm, when I'm in trouble. <laughs> so you're, uh, <clears throat> and correct me if I'm wrong, I did a little bit of research, 1981. Yeah. So a couple years younger than me. You guys um, are the same age. He's one year older than me. I'm 82. You're 82. Yeah, you're Jada's right. age, yeah. Yep. Me and Jada. Almost 40. Are, yeah, me and Jada are like almost birthday twins. Yeah. Yeah. You recently retired American professional baseball pitcher for the Fook. Fukuoka. Fukuoka. <laughs> Softbank Hawks of Nippon or Nippon. It's Nippon. Nippon. Professional baseball. You also played for the Brewers, the Astros, the Orioles, and uh, the Hiroshima Toyo Carp. Yep. And Saitama. Saibu. Yep. Saitama. I'm, I'm trying to so do, all of trying those, to do it, it All of those are the city's name and yeah. then what company they are. So it's the Fukuoka Softbank Hawks. So Softbank's a telecommunications. Uh, Toyo Carp is Mazda. Mm. And Saitama is a um, Saitama is the city. Cebu is like a train line and department store, like a Nordstrom. Oh, sweet! But not retired yet. Not retired yet. Not yet. Nope. I still have uh, obligations to the team. Cool. And I'm working through this injury, but yeah, but that that's uh those are the three teams and in Japan. Right on. So you became one of the greatest closers in MPB history. All of your success has really been in Japan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, NPB records, most saves in a season, most by a foreign-born pitcher. And as of this year, 234 career saves, or fourth fourth most in the NPB history. You've been a three-time NPB All-Star, a three-time Pacific League saves leader, a five-time Japan Series champion, won the Japan Series Most Valuable Player Award. And uh, did you ever get nervous in like the uh, bottom of the ninth in the World Series games over there? No, you never get you never get uh, nervous. It's a it's a feeling that I can't explain, and no one will ever understand going into that game. Um, when you know it's on the line, you're up one nothing, and you and you walk the bases loaded, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you get out of it, and you're like, "What just happened?" Oh but uh, it's an adrenaline rush. Uh, you're emotional. I mean, I, I remember one time coming out of the tunnel in the ninth inning, 
going to get a save, a one-run game, and I see Jada and the girl sitting in the first row, and I, I'm so amped up. I start, like, tearing up as I'm heading to the wow. mound, and I'm like, clean it up. Aww. Like, you got to get this out. <laughs> but awesome. you have so much emotions going through you yeah. uh, that you just easily sparked. Yeah. I, what's so crazy is I was watching the World Series with with this guy over here, and it's just so amazing that level of gameplay. And you uh-huh. you look at those guys, and the cameras are right up on their faces. And I mean, this is the the, the the seventh game of the World Series, right? Or do they they won in seven or six? They won in six, right? But you oh look God. at the guys; there's no sweat coming off. No. Them. And I'm like, how are they capable at that degree of gameplay? I mean, you're talking about the biggest event in baseball. Mm-hmm. To not to not sweat to keep it together, you know. It's just like such formidable minds and capability to focus. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean that just comes from years of playing. I mean, those guys are weeded out, right? The ones that can't handle the pressure don't make it to the big leagues, or mm. they might make one appearance and then they they show you what they're worth and then they're gone. Uh, those guys that are playing in those big games, they've been there in those situations their whole life, and it's just you give your best ability the other team gives their best and the winner takes it and if yeah. you don't you come back the next year you work harder but it's a it's a an unbelievable experience to play for a championship at the end of a season where you're exhausted and all these different emotions and feelings but for me whenever i got done there i always knew if i get these three outs i get to go home tomorrow mm. so it was like I'm getting these three outs. Yeah, it's gonna happen. Uh, and oh, that's all I thought. That's all I thought about. No, no, that's awesome. You got the uh, Japan Series Most Valuable Player Award. Won the Pacific League MVP Award. Won the Matsutaro Shoriki Shoriki Award. Award. That's probably the greatest honor. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can win MVPs, and there were many other guys well more deserving than I was that year. Uh, a few guys on my team, you know, hitter wise. That Shoriki Award was something that they pick as. Uh, the heads of the MPB, the uh, Sadahara O, who was like Babe Ruth of the Japan League. Wow. Um, they give it to the who had the most influence in Japan, in in the country, not just in baseball, but in overall. Which when they told me I won that, I was like, Wow, why did yeah. I win this? You know, I had no idea. And then they broke it down. I was the only foreigner player ever to win it. I'm only the second player to ever win it next to, next to Hideki Matsui. So I knew it was a big deal. It was, and I went to the award ceremony that year. Wow. It was more than the MVP. I thought the MVP is the top of the top, right? Mm-hmm. That Shariki award, people were just like, you don't understand the honor it was. Wow. Wow. And, uh, and I won it, which most of the time it's the manager, you know, and I, I won it from my manager and I, I apologized to him, but uh, he loved mm-hmm. it. He was very happy for me. And yeah, you know, it's that pride. Those Japanese, you know, they can yeah. be prideful sometimes. And you know, you take one of their awards that's usually given to them. I didn't know how to react. You know, right. how it was going to be taken by the rest of the fans and the and the players on my team. But oh man, they were they were just so happy for me. That's awesome, especially yeah. in that culture. That's just sure. built on honor. Yeah, that's why it's so meaningful. Yeah, but you know what I like about you the most is that you're a husband of a beautiful wife, Jada. And you're I beautiful. Am. Three daughters. Very lucky. And um, you haven't Very let blessed. your great success and your accomplishments corrupt you. That's what I like about you so much. I think it's rare to see a man who has achieved a lot, you know, from a worldly perspective and, of course, done well. And you haven't allowed the success to pull your mind away from the kingdom. You haven't allowed it to conflate who you know you are according to how God sees you and the rest of the world, or maybe the kingdom sees you. And that's what I like about you the most. But totally. you know as well as I know when it comes to the the professional sports world, a lot of guys 
They don't go that route. They mm-hmm. let the money come in. They let the success. They let the fanfare, especially in Japan. You can't even walk down the streets of Japan without yeah. being noticed, right? Yeah, but you know, I was that guy. I was that corrupted fool that yeah. you see in movies and bad clips that you're like, oh, another a- typical athlete, mm-hmm. right? Jada hated me when she first met me. Really? And she'll admit it. Like, she'll tell you, like, <laughs> you were awful. Mm-hmm. I was a womanizer. I didn't care. It, I was arrogant. Mm-hmm. I, Listen, you go out in Scottsdale, Arizona at 23 years old. You walk in with five guys that are 6'4", athletic builds. Everyone knows why you're there. Mm-hmm. They know you play baseball. You're handed everything, free drinks. You know, you get wow. to go in the back door. And it's, so you live in this fake reality, yeah. and it starts to catch up with you. You start hanging out with guys who are making well more money than you are. You mm-hmm. know, I'm talking hanging out with guys that were making $15, 20000000 million a year. Wow. And I was making league minimum, but I felt... I was up there with them, so I'm living this this, you know, just fantasy land. Yeah. And you know, when I went to Japan and God saved me, I realized like what was I doing? Like all these years spent just in debauchery, you know, and just yeah. like what a fool I was. Sure. You know, I still look back and I'm just like, man, I wish I didn't do this. I wish I would have changed this. But God had it all planned yeah. out, and and He knew what yeah. He was doing. And I think He can He used that to show me like. Yeah, you are saved because what you were was awful. Right. Yeah. Now, yeah. You know, you're it better. That's awesome. Well, yeah. the Bible says when regeneration happens, when it gives you that new heart, the old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. So I'm just thankful right now you're using your influence, you're using your gifting, you're using you to do good. I mean, you know, thousands of babies would be dead without you, without oh. you, without Jada, without the ministry and that you're so, um, you know, so just an integral part of all of what's going on. So I just appreciate... That you knew who you once were, but now God's changing. And you're, you're really, I think, setting a necessary example for people who are successful and um, tend to run to comfort and ease, which is so easy to do, right? Sure. It's so easy to go to comfort and ease and just set yourself up with whatever you know suits your fancy and not live a sacrificial life for the kingdom or for anybody around you but i feel as though you you do that and i'm i'm thankful for that thank you not perfectly you yeah, know i'm no, not absolutely we're praising not. god yeah, and all i'm giving sure. you no glory no but i sure. think a lot of people who are successful in the world's understanding in the world's understanding the world's maybe definition of that need to see someone like you right yeah i mean you gotta think about it i i go back to when i played uh in the states and i was a professing catholic uh a believer, I would say I was a believer, but like what you said yesterday resonated with me because if you, I didn't pass the limit. If you would ask me one question about the gospel, I wouldn't have not known nothing. Right, I had Christian teammates never share the gospel with me, never talk to me about it. It was a thing you went to the field, you did your work, you went home. And I feel like more athletes, more Christian athletes need to take charge in that, in the clubhouse, whether you're basketball, football, baseball gymnastics, whatever it is, you mm-hmm. got to speak the gospel and speak truth into yeah, it. Yeah. And I feel like that's where the failures have come from from the athlete's perspective of Christian athletes. There's been a lot of failures in that. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys that look just like me claiming to be Christians, and they were doing the same thing I was doing. I was just like, well, why do I need Jesus? Right. Right. You know, yeah. you're claiming, you know, you know Jesus. We're going to chapel on Sundays. And then five days you know, in a row, I'm seeing you do the same thing I'm doing. Is this just a good luck charm? Because right. I'm in if that's it. So I started going mm-hmm. like a fool. And like, maybe if I go on Sunday to chapel, I'm going to do really well that night. Hmm. And it's like you're living in this, like this fake world that you just think you're so highly of yourself Mm -hmm. that, oh, of course I deserve this. I'm going to, I'm going to go and show God that I care and 
like you're gonna just trick him into it. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah, how that's... I treated God too, like yeah. a butler. You yeah. know, before I was saved, sure. and I thought I would same. I would have said I was Christian, but I was not. No. Yeah. yeah you treat him like a genie in the bottle. Right. You don't treat him as Lord and Savior. So. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into kind of um, your experience in Japan. I think it's really going to be helpful for. Uh, maybe missionaries. We just actually met a young man at church uh, named Trenton who's going to go to Japan within the next couple of months. He wow. has a strong desire to go out there and preach the gospel and to evangelize. But we know Japan is a very hard place to get the gospel into. I mm-hmm. mean, Jessica and I, my wife, um, we had friends that were a missionary uh, family there and had a church for 25 years, 25 wow. years mm-hmm. of faithful work, getting the gospel in. Only a couple, a handful of people in the church for the duration of the 25 years. So why do you think it's so difficult? What's so difficult about that nation and getting the gospel in? I would say most difficult is tradition. Um, they're stuck in their ways. They know Shintoism is mm. the, in the beginning of their lives. They offer up uh, fruit and vegetables and different things to their God for blessings. And then as they move into the major- like the middle of their lives, they start going towards Buddhism because then it's reincarnation. Oh, so it's okay. like they're trying to rig the system. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm going to borrow it from here, kind of like what Jeff says sometimes, the foundations. Like, I'm going to stay on this foundation, and then when I need to, I'm going to go to that yeah. foundation. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, another big thing is the ancestry. Um, when you tell a Japanese person that you care for them and that they need Jesus and that if you come to Christ, you will have eternity in heaven, mm-hmm. they first thing they're going to say, what about my ancestors? Mm-hmm. And then you have to be... Truthful. If, unless you're a, a, a bad person, you have to be truthful. You right. can't trick them into thinking, oh, yeah, they're, they're going to come too. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember sitting at a restaurant and some lady overhearing me and my interpreter talking. And she just said, wait a second, I have a question for you. If I believe in Jesus and I die, I go to heaven. But what about my ancestors? I said, well, do they believe in Jesus? And she said, no. I said, well, then the Bible says they're not in heaven, they're in hell. Uh-huh. And she said, "I can't, I can't believe in something like that." Hmm. And it, it struck me. I didn't know what to say after that. It was like, "Well, you're gonna need to because you're not responsible for them. You're responsible for your own soul." Yeah. And God, I pray that God changes your heart. Yeah. But um, those are the two main things. You know, the Christian church when they first went over there, missionaries first went over there, they were blockaded. Oh, really? So what happened was, and this is pretty cool, is they went around. They went to Korea. And so oh. now you see what God did in, in yeah. South Korea, yeah. and yeah. it's wow. one of the most evangelized countries in the world. Yeah, um, that's amazing. South Korea is sending missionaries to North America. I don't know if yeah. you guys knew that. Yeah, no, I didn't. Them. Know They're that. sending them yeah. to Japan. Oh wow, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, and so you should send them here too. Yeah, yeah, they are <laughs> all over. <laughs> yeah. um, so it's it's really it's hard to break into that culture if you don't know the language. Good luck. Yeah, and if you don't have a platform, good luck. So it's a it's hard when people go over there and be like, I'm going to be a missionary in Japan and. You know, we've supported some, and then you start listening to what they're preaching. It's like, ah, I'm not down for that. You know, I met one Reformed pastor in Fukuoka that was through Jeff. We got hooked up through a guy in in Hawaii. Um, But it is very tough to go over there and think that you are going to just walk into their culture and be fine. It's it's hard to get a job. It's hard to find places to live. It's expensive. Um, You have to deal with a lot of other things, but the churches that I do know there that I've gone to in spring training and throughout the years, some of them are in guys' homes. Yeah. The pastor has them in their homes. There's 10 people that go for the last 10 years, 10 people. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to one in Miyazaki where 
the father was an alcoholic. He was angry at the world. He was working in the rice field one day, and someone had a radio on, and Billy Graham uh, evangelism came on. Wow. He heard the gospel, got saved. Wow. He's led that church. It was it was him. Now his son's the pastor, but they've had that church for over fifty years. Wow! And it's like and they and they got a bigger they got a bigger following. There's probably like forty forty five people, but it's grown. Even in the ten years I spent there, you've seen Christianity. My first year, you'd see some churches. Now there's churches everywhere, but the number one evangelizer there right now is the Mormon Church. Oh, is that right? Yep, you see them a lot. You see a lot of missionaries around. When Luke was there uh, visiting, we saw some, and they go there. They're fluent in the language already, and they don't pull any punches. You know the Mormon church. They're not going to mess around. Right. So yeah. um, it's an evil. We need to stop it. There's a lot of Jehovah's Witness, so oh, we need right. more Christians to go there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But they need to be biblically sound. They need mm-hmm. to know the truth of the gospel, and it needs to be a foundation that you don't just start swaying with the culture where you're like, oh, no, that's okay, or or the favor stuff, like the word, word of faith stuff, like Joel right. Osteen. Oh, it's gotta yeah. be, you got to be really careful. Exactly. And success isn't about numbers. I mean, like you just said, mm-hmm. the guy faithfully led the church for 50 years, and he's mm-hmm. got 40. It's not, it's not about numbers. It's just about that faithful expression of shepherding the way that God would want you to. But man, the Mormons, I mean, of course, totally aberrant system of mm-hmm. theology. It's, an, it's a cult, but they've, they're kicking the Protestant butt when yep. it comes yeah. to going. You know, biblical evangelism is going and proclaiming, and that's exactly what they do on their bikes mm-hmm. with their little white shirts and black uh, ties. So they, we've, you know, we've got to catch up to them. We're going to lose nations. You know like what that, resonates you know? probably the most with the Japanese? I would say if I had a guess, I don't know, um, but the the theology of the Mormon of you can become a god oh, and you yeah. can ho- have your own, that probably to them is like, because they're very materialistic. Mm. They see their, their covetous. They, they, wanna, they want something and they just go after it, mm. you know? Like they see baseball players as these, like I've literally shaken someone's hand and had them cry as I'm shaking their hand. And I'm just like, I am not that cool. Well, yeah. I feel like it's if like you that only here knew who too, I was. Yeah. yeah, I yeah. mean, I feel like that's the way it is in America too. I mean, being a baseball player, that's probably the top goal of- Of a lot e- of kids. Of every little boy, not every, but yeah. lots of little boys and mm-hmm. young men. Sure. And, uh, yeah, and parents, and, and they parents, want their kids they to want be rich their, exactly. and, and, and living. Yeah. So it's all this sin of just coveting, right? right. We, right. we see it, right. we want it. And mm-hmm. so the Japanese are just like us here. I'm not right. saying that we're any better or more pious sure. than them, but yeah. uh, they really, that probably resonates with them more is that that aspect oh, of it? Is that right? Yeah. So you, God gave you the gift to play baseball. Mm-hmm. Gave you a special gift, and He brought you to Japan. And you say in your testimony mm-hmm. that that was for the purpose of getting the gospel to the Japanese. So how did God use you and your platform there to get the gospel? Well, yeah, because I mean, I I was at the end of my career here. I literally had a, a surgery. Uh, I came back throwing pus. I mean, I'm, when I say pus, I mean eighty four. Talk about hitting off me, you'd have been able to hit off me. <laughs> no, no way. And so I'm in spring training thinking, like, this is probably it. Um, I remember telling Jada a lot, like, we had Kinsley at the time, like, Jada, this is, it's coming to an end, you know? And uh, I remember pitching in a game, my arm popped, and all of a sudden I was throwing 100 again, and I was like, this, whoa, whoa, what just happened? No, the whole season goes by here in the States, and no one, no one calls me up, and I'm doing unreal. And all right. Finally, his team from Hiroshima calls me, my agent. And he's like, hey, you want to go to Japan for a year? I was like, well, Jada, what do you think? You know, She's like, yeah, it'd be fun. You know, mm-hmm. let's, let's check it out. Mm-hmm. One year turned into 10, but you can see it. Like I went over there. 
I was good. I threw hard. I wasn't great. I wasn't by, like stood out like, wow, look at this guy. But I went over there with a desire to do better than what I did. And I just felt like I got better every year. And so after the first year, when after God saved me after that first year, the next year was the worst year ever. Oh, really? I got hurt. Jada got sick. Mm. I went home for three, for three weeks, lost my job as the closer at Hiroshima. Mm. At the end of the year, they released me. Oh, my gosh. So when I got signed with Cebu, I go to Tokyo. Jada's like, if I get pregnant, I'm not coming. Calls me in spring training. I'm pregnant. I'm not coming. <laughs> I'm like, no way. Like, I can't be apart from, you know, Kinsley and Farah and you. Yeah. Uh, I saw her for three weeks out of nine months. Oh, my mm. goodness. Uh, and then I thought I was done again. Mm. And then the team Fukuoka calls, and I signed my first two-year deal, and then I got another three-year deal, and I got another three-year – and it was just like, God just kept, here you go. Mm-hmm. You're coming back. You're com-. And every time yeah. I, the season was over, it's like, I'm probably done. I'm probably mm-hmm. done. And he, the success I have is truly, I know for a fact, God gave me that platform. Right. You right. know, 100%. Yeah. So kind of talk to me, what, what did you do? Did you go to schools and preach the gospel or you hand out tracks? So early on, so in 2014, I, you know, I'm there in Fukuoka. I finally have someone that holds me accountable in, the, in my faith. Jason Sanders, my buddy, uh, solid believer. He lives in Alabama. Um, he takes me on my first missions trip, go home. 15 comes around, 2015, and he's like, hey, we're, you're going to start coming with me to these churches and to these schools. And I'm like really? I got to go speak? You know, like I'm, I'm a fairly new believer. Mm-hmm. I'm at, I'm at Apologia now for one year. So I'm getting the gospel more than I was at the other church I right. was at. Right. Yeah. I kind of knew more than what I did the previous year. So then I just, you know, would go and it was really just sharing my story. And it was amazing how the Japanese people just love to hear it. Like I resonated with them because I was just like them. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't, you know, besides baseball and the fame there, it was, I struggle with the same things you struggle yeah. with. You know, I, yeah. I have the same issues that you have. I have anger issues, you know, I have mm-hmm. lustful issues, you know? Mm-hmm. And so all of these things that I was saying to them, they were like, wow, why is this guy saying these things? You know, like I'm probably thinking all oh, these people think I'm crazy just being like, <laughs> cause who's going to spill their beans like that. Right. Um, no other baseball, no player, other baseball sure. player. They just don't do that. Yeah. So then I get into 2016. My buddy Jason leaves the team. He gets traded over to Chiba. So now I'm alone again as a Christian, but now I'm stronger. Now my mm-hmm. faith is getting stronger. You know, I have Jeff and the church here, you know, constantly feeding me. Uh, social media was great because I get to watch the sermons. Sure. And finally, the, the schools start calling me like, hey, we want you to come speak. And I'm like, oh, solo act. This is awesome. Wow. Uh, but here's the deal. You can't speak on God. You can't say anything about God or, you know, mm. what you believe. And I said, okay. I said, can I talk about like virtues? Like, you know, the, the fruits of the spirit was what I was getting at. Like, oh yeah, please, mm-hmm. please do that. Mm. So then I start talking about love and joy, contentment, all these things. And as my success got better, you know, as I broke the save record in 15, 16, I broke it again. Mm-hmm. 2017 started. I was going to schools. They were like, talk about whatever you want. Oh, so wow. now I'm like, who knows Jesus Christ? And, oh, you know, 800 so kids. Cool. No one no one raises their hand. Right? And you have your uh, Psalm 28-7, right? Mm-hmm. And so when did you start putting that on your, like, signature? I, I think I was just reading. I was following some Bible plan where, you know, you read, and that came across me, and I was just like... Man, this is this is pretty this is pretty powerful. So I just put it on my signature, and I was like, I'll throw it on there. You know, yeah. I've seen people do that before. I'll, right. I'll just scribble it on there. 
Next thing you know, I got people wearing my jerseys with Psalm 28, 7 on there. Mm -hmm. And I just thought about it for a minute. Look at this gospel. Like, if someone's like, what's this peace, Psalm uh, 28, 7? You know, they look it up and they get it. And the Lord is my strength and my shield. Mm -hmm. In you, my heart trust is what it is. And so that automatically starts a question like, oh, what what does this mean? Yeah. Uh, I would pray on the mound before I would pitch every every game, no matter what the situation was. I'd kneel down, take off my hat, and pray. I'd just pray for normal, you know, God for protection, mm-hmm. let me honor you, and no matter what, all the glory is yours. Right. I don't care if I blew the game or saved the game, it was the same outcome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people would ask me, what do you say back there? And I would tell them, they were like, that's it? You know, like, the Jap- they didn't understand, yeah. you know, that you were not pr- like praying that you would do really well and strike everyone out. Like, no. Because if that, God wants it to happen, he knows what's going to happen already. Yeah, right. I'm not going to trick God and be like, oh, today's going to be the day, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And mm-hmm. so that was huge. And then the schools were just like, speak on what you want. And so now I'm going, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. And so I was sharing more. The Psalm 28.7 got big. People started making jerseys with it on their own stuff. Mm-hmm. And so then Cy cool. came to me with him and Marv made those baseball tracks, which right. were... I meant to bring... One, it was amazing. Had, yeah. That really changed. That was a game changer. Because now I had a baseball card, which there, if you give someone a baseball card, it's like, oh my goodness. Oh, I rem- really? And, and, and little things would come up. And, and I'm not really into the... Uh, where things happen, it's like, oh, you know, like, oh, you did that. Like, something happened one day. I got to say this. Jade and I and the girls were about to leave Japan. It was in 2019. I had the baseball tracks. And we were about to ride our bikes to the park. And she goes, oh, do you have any tracks? And I said, let me just grab some. Mm-hmm. And I just grabbed, I had a huge stack. And all I did is I grabbed a stack off the top. Mm-hmm. And we get to the park and we park our bikes. And all of a sudden, these kids, it's filled with kids and parents. Yeah. Someone saw me, recognized me. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, all of them come over to me. I had just enough cars and tracks for everyone in that group. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I mean, we could vouch for him. You guys are some of our very best friends, yeah. your wife's like one of my very best friends. You're not charismatic. You guys are solidly reformed. Sure. But God does amazing, miraculous things. It was was one of those things where I'm like, God, really? You know, and it's like, I don't believe in those, like people say, oh, he's giving you a sign. Right. I just believe that it just worked out, right? But it's so cool to think like, wow, I had enough tracks for every one of the, like God wanted every one of those people to get a track. Yeah. Like old R.C. Sproul says, there's not one maverick molecule, right? right? Like he knew the amount of. He does all things in conformity to the purpose of his will. So he knew exactly what needed to happen Mm -hmm. that day. I mean, he just blessed your arm. Yeah. So where you would get more success to where they would be like, preach the gospel. Yeah. Which who in the world is allowed to do that? Did anybody else ever in baseball history do that other than you in Japan? No. And so God gives you, (laughs) you know, lines this all up. You get this prestigious award where Mm. now you're very respected there and just opens up this opportunity for the gospel to go forward. So why? He can get all the glory. Sure. All of it for God. Yeah, it's not about me. Yeah. Yeah, All for him. I mean, it's just amazing how he uses his people in all different ways. You know what I mean? It's like, it's just so encouraging. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, you get like, Jada, is this really worth it? Like me on an off day when I only get one every once in a while, and I'm going to leave you and the girls and go talk at a school. Is it yeah. worth it? And then Luke said something one day. He's like, dude, you're going to get to heaven one day, and you're going to see a bunch of Japanese people there, <laughs> and it's going to be because what God used you right. for. You might not see the fruits of your work in the moment, but you're going to – you're gonna. God's using every one of those. And I left 20,000 baseball tracks there when I left this past summer. 
and I handed them out to missionaries that were going to go to that reformed pastor Shin, and he was going to go hand them out, and he's right. going to use it. He's going to use it to bring people to his church, yeah. and it's like, if God's going to use me for that, then all, by all means, I'm like a walking billboard. Go yeah. ahead. Yeah. yeah, praise God. And that's yeah. the way that he does it, like you just said, so God gets all the glory. Right. Sure. Not so we can tie it to a baseball celebrity who's saying, hey, you know, taking pictures with the kids in the park, and look at them. Well, look what I'm doing. Yeah. And he's not going to be honored in all of that. Right. He's just, it's in the true gospel in the form of the tracks, and then sure. you're preaching and speaking at the at the uh, schools. That saves people. You, you never know what happens to that individual, but when all said and done, it's going to be, look what God did, and Jesus gets all the glory. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Amen. That's right. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. And then you, um, you had an injury. When did you get, when did your hip so 2018, mm-hmm. I got hurt five games in, and you know, Jada would always be like, "You better humble yourself, better humble yourself." <laughs> and you know, that came. You know, I was 30, going in to be 38, and it's like, man, I just got a three-year extension. They gave yeah. a th- uh, almost 38-year-old a three-year. What were they thinking? That's um, good. Right and it's just God. It's it was like two weeks yeah. after I signed that deal, I blow out. I'm home the rest of the year. 19, I go. I'm still hurt. Home, and then I just had my hip replaced. So it's like. God, I was there. I missed a lot of time with Jada and the girls. Like you guys know how much, you yeah. know, they were here. I was separated right. and I'll never get that time back. Yeah. But then God was like, all right, you can go home, Aww, go home. That's... So yeah. that, that was a blessing. But also I was actually talking to Liam, my mm-hmm. son, about uh, you because our sons obviously just love you and are like, he's just the coolest thing ever. But uh, we were talking about idolatry and how, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of times in America, especially, uh, we will look at people that are very successful, athletes, uh, actors, musicians, and we're like, that, if I could just get there, Mm -hmm. that would be the 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 best. That would be the best life I could have, right? But when something happens and you get injured and all of a sudden you're done earlier than you expected for somebody who's not built their life on the rock sure that could completely devastate them you know they've built their hand their life on this thing Mm -hmm. whether it's baseball or whatever and as soon as that's taken away from them they are devastated yeah you see a lot of athletes do that you see a lot of celebrities do because they build their worth and their identity upon their own personal capabilities and then you know as time goes on, and they get begin, divorced, they, they get, get divorced. done with their game, and they and they get divorced. That's they don't, right. they're not, they're not, they don't feel relevant. Yeah, right. You and, see it in Hollywood all the time. These actors sadly commit suicide, yeah. and it's because they've built their whole lives on this sinking sand. The thing that we think, oh, that that would just be the the pinnacle of existence is to be there, right? Sure. But then God gave you know gave us you as an example, and other people where they've built their life on the solid rock and so when something like that happens you know you're like of course you're a little bummed out um i'm sure there was a lot of emotions sure going on from just loving the game and yeah. you know oh, sure. yeah. having your life be around that for mm-hmm. so long but when it was get coming to an end you're not like devastated you're like all right what's next yeah you i was know, at peace because you've got the holy spirit and sure. the lord is with you and you've built your your life on the rock now and and baseball isn't your god yeah. you know that's not your your reason for living that doesn't give you your worth for sure god right. definitely used that yeah. for for his glory but that wasn't that's not your solid rock foundation you know mm-hmm. yeah and i would never like you know you always say oh be a role model and all that like how can we tell our kids how can people that have kids tell them you know 
be like this person who's morally bankrupt. Right. Right. I've, yeah. I've said it before. I've posted some things like I'm not going to get my my voting analysis and all these things from people who are morally bankrupt. Right. I have a foundation in Christ. Now, if you want your son, I'm not going to take like, look at me. I'm going to point to Christ. Right. And that's what I'm going to use. But right. we have so many people that see that. And it's like you're you live up to this expectation of you're an athlete and you have all these things. Well, that's going to get taken away at some point. Right, yeah. And I went through a little thing. It's like my biggest thing that I miss is the adrenaline going into a game when it's on the line. It's my job. When I saw yeah. Maury, uh, my teammate, take my job mm-hmm. and I was hurt and I couldn't do anything, I just had to watch games. I was so pissed. I'm sure. I was yeah. so pissed because that's my job. And mm-hmm. I, you know, and but then at that, over, over time, God was just like, hey, it's all right. We're, yeah. we're going to do something else. Let's, right. go, let's go get yeah. busy and do this. So um, I, that's the sad part with with people that are celebrities, movie stars, athletes right. is they get done, they lose their relevance, what right. they believe mm-hmm. is relevant, yeah. and they either commit suicide, they're alcoholics, they get divorced, right. and then yeah. you see the moral Drug decay, yeah. right? And then, and that's a non-believer. You know, you don't see believers doing that. Right, that's You know, true. that are found, like, where they're strong believers. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about the regular believer. It's, we all know that, but I'm yeah. talking about where their foundation is Christ. Yeah, you're you not talking about, like, the... False converts that we yeah. see. I'm yeah. not going to get divorced from Jada because I miss baseball. Right. You know, and, yeah. I, and I want to be and back in the And she's the best. Game. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But so it's let's a talk good a example. Bit. Go I was just going to say it's a good it's a good example for us all to, to know. Because like, I feel like even as believers, our eyes always want to go to the left and be like, if I only had this, mm. you know, if, sure. if I was this successful, then people would think well of yep. me. And sure. then I would be happy. But we have to make our treasure Jesus. Yeah. It's in his performance that he's already accomplished, not in ours, that give us our sense of identity and worth. But let's talk a little bit about what you're doing now. But before that, Trenton's going to go over to Japan. And so just give Trenton a couple thoughts on how you think that he could be effective coming into the mission field there. I would tell him the same thing I told foreign baseball players when they come over. Don't bring the U.S., with you. Exactly Don't think right. you're going to change yeah. their culture. Don't think you're going to go over there and start questioning, well, why do you guys do this? Well, you should do it like this. Right. You're, you'll be gone. Mm-hmm. Like that no one will live. They'll shut, shut you off and that's it. Oh, wow. Go over there with what you have is the gospel and go over there and meet people. Learn the language. You have to learn the language. It's going to be hard to talk. And because, you know, I can interpret something through, say, my interpreter mm-hmm. about the gospel and he's going to say it, and it's not going to come out the same way as if I have a Japanese believer interpret it. He's sure. going to interpret it a totally different way. Right. So you have to be able to learn the language and use the correct dialect and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, don't give up. It's going to be hard. You might have two people that you talk to, but talk to those two people. You might go over there for three years, and God might put you in touch with one person, mm-hmm. and that's what you are there for. Right. Mm-hmm. So you're not there to bring millions of people to Christ, mm-hmm. unless God wants you to be there and do that, right. you know? But go there and just don't think numbers like you said earlier. Mm-hmm. Just think, hey, I'm going to go there with the gospel, and God's going to use it. And just like what Jeff says, gospel bombs. Just keep throwing them out there. Yeah. Awesome. We're That's just exactly called to right. obedience. Yeah, just no be obedient. No matter where we are. Right, right. good. Mm-hmm. We're praying for you, Trenton. Hopefully Absolutely. that was helpful for you, man. Um, talk about Red State Reform for just a minute. What's going on with that, and what do you... What does that whole uh, kind of uh, effort want to accomplish? Well, I love the whole aspect of Red State Reform. Um, let's just break it down. So Red State Reform is the the lobbyist group. Uh, we have projects. So 
Action for Life right now, mm -hmm. which would be our main thing, right? We're trying to abolish abortion. We want to end this atrocity. We want to get rid of it. And I always say this, I, I made an analogy the other day. I said, if you have an apple orchard and you keep picking apples, it's like the equivalent of going to the mill, what you guys do, which I love every, every day and save babies. But you're gonna have to keep doing it oh, and yeah. doing it. Exactly so we need right. to come into the field and plow all the trees and get them out. Right. And right. how do you do that? There has to be a legislative side where you get rid of it. Yeah. And we get laws in there and mm -hmm. we follow the law. Mm -hmm. You know, Arizona, we all know SB 13, you know, dash 3603. It's already a law, but no attorney general has upheld it, no governor. They don't have no backbone, they have no balls. Yeah. And so what we need to do is have guys like Walt Blackman represent. And, and do the manly thing, mm -hmm. the unpopular thing, but do it because that's what God commands us to Absolutely. do. So red state reform is going to take on the mm -hmm. legislative side of all of this. Um, working very close with Zach Lautenschlager, learning a lot from him because I'm not a politician. Mm -hmm. You know, I might run in 2022 for state representative, oh, that'd but because awesome. I feel it. like I feel like Christians need to get into politics sure. more. Yeah. We've given up that part of it. Like, ah, oh, we can't touch it because it's morally bad, and you get sucked into that world. And why can't you go into that world and bring the gospel right. and have a foundation mm -hmm. where no, this is what this was founded on. Our right. constitution is founded on God's word alone. Absolutely, and let's live by it. Mm -hmm. And so. Uh, I'm hoping that turns into something. I don't know. I tell Jada, she thinks I'm crazy. She's like, oh, okay, all right. But <laughs> red state reform is going to handle a lot of things. So abortion's number one, but we're going to use it. If there starts coming like some tyrannical stuff, like, you know, let's say a, a Joe Biden national mass mandate. Well, you know, he's going to go to governors and he's going to say, enforce it. If you have a Republican governor, well, let's not say Ducey because he's not very good, but yeah. If you have a solid Republican governor and he says, no, I'm not going to do it, he's going to go to mayors. Yeah. Right. So That's what he now said he local magistrates. Yeah. So now mm -hmm. why is it so important the local magistrate mm -hmm. listens to the people? And why is the church not engaging them? Right. That, because of things like that. The president doesn't do nothing. You know, we know that the House and the Senate controls the laws mm -hmm. and this and that, but the yeah. local magistrates are huge. Yeah. And we've already seen them point, you know, federal laws this. Well... California, Colorado says different on the pot, right? Oh, yeah. They've so, been smoking pot for, for years. Right. And, right. and the federal, you know, they don't go in there and arrest people. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Same thing with abortion. Yeah. Roe v. Wade, first of all, isn't law. It's it's a false law. Right. And the state has the right to do what's right. Right. And so we need states to start acting accordingly and, and have solid Christian men do their jobs. Yeah. We're like, just pretend these babies are pot and, yeah. you know, say no. Yeah. Yeah, say no to the federal government. That's and what we got to do is we have to defy the federal government. Yeah. People believe so erroneously that the federal government is a solution. Yeah. The feds are the problem. Yeah. Right. And the only thing that we can do, the, the thing that we have to do is we have to exercise our state sovereignty and say, no, we're not killing babies. Absolutely. And let the chips fall where they may. If they come in with their with the troops, yeah. which I doubt they would, if they come in, it's worth it. I'll yeah. take a bullet, I'll die for sure. babies. Mm -hmm. But we have to defy Roe, we have to defy the federal government and say, we're not going to kill our babies in the states anymore. Absolutely. If a state would only rise up to do that, and we're praying Arizona will, sure. we're mm -hmm. going to introduce a... Indiana um, looks good right now. He does. Yeah, uh, Oklahoma Indiana looks, looks good. good Oklahoma too. looks good. Yeah. Texas, there's a lot. Right? Texas, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Missouri. I mean, there's, there's a lot of legislators reaching out saying they're they're ready for it right so where can our listeners go to learn more is there a website takeactionforlife.org redstatereform.org uh this is not just red state as arizona this is we're across 16 states right now uh another four or five states we're trying to get bills uh written nice. but we have men across this country that are fighting for the unborn and uh willing to risk a lot mm -hmm. um 
South Carolina, Jonathan Hill, state representative there, they defunded Planned Parenthood in 2019 wow. or in 18. Mm-hmm. Then it, when a state defunds Planned Parenthood, the federal doesn't pay it because they match what the state does. Oh, is that right? So now they that. had no funding in South Carolina from federal or the state. Wow. And it transferred over to 2019. And then we'll see, you know, how it did, or it was 19 and 20. So we'll see what happens in 2021. Yeah, it's just Christian men got busy yeah. doing what they need to do. What we need to be doing. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome, dude. We'll be praying for red state reform. We're excited. We're going to, 2021 is going to be wild. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so be praying for that effort. When we uh, get things going, you know, the enemy is not going to want anything to do with that. But... Yeah. And we talk a lot on the show about, you know, God uses his people. He uses the body everywhere so like you said don't be afraid to get into politics you know yeah be be that teacher that's telling your students about christ or the mom or the dad or in your workplace so i just it's a great example of like god using his people all over the globe to do his work to get to you know to give him the glory to bring people to into the fold so anyways it's super encouraging thank you for sharing all of that yeah yeah Awesome. Well, let's get into our next segment. Um, what's in the news? That's going to be a new segment. Oh, it's what's been a lot in the news. In the news. <laughs> you guys ready for this? Yeah. All right. Well, let's just talk a little bit about, you know, the elephant in the room, the election. Um, the GOP elephant or the donkey? Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> yeah. So here's a question. Why are the news outlets so biased towards... I mean, are we going to go on conspiracy theories? Are we... <laughs> Just well, okay. What do you think? God hater, God haters, mm-hmm. God hating people are gonna do what God hating people do, mm-hmm. and that's lie, steal, cheat, you know, deceive. So, yeah, uh, that would be my short answer. I'm I mean, sure there's d- something more articulate than that. Do news outlets determine the outcome of an election? Because if you look on the news right now, I mean, he's won. Yeah, yeah. Kamala's calling him and saying, "You're gonna be the next president <laughs> of the United States." Yeah, I mean, so it seems like they have the power to determine what's what's happening here but i think what we're seeing is it's this massive mass and we we knew it would happen pressure towards trump just to concede right sure. right i mean social media is it's a gift of god mm-hmm. and we as christians need to use media production whatever it may be for the ends of getting the gospel out mm-hmm. but the enemy of course is using it for his own oh, yeah for sure. his own destruction right. you know i think that's behind much of Unfortunately, the liberal media's attempt to fabricate things, to mm-hmm. bias things, not to go off, not to have any type of integrity in their reporting. And of course, that's painting with a broad brush there. I'm not saying that it's t- they're totally lacking of integrity. Mm-hmm. But I guess the question is, why is it so liberal? I mean, I went to the uh, Trump uh, rally in June and... Um, you know, people were busting at the seams. You couldn't even get up from your chair in the in the church. It was uh, Phoenix First Assembly, or not? Yeah, Phoenix. Yeah, First Assembly, and people would just gobble up your seat if you went to went to the bathroom. Oh, there was wow. that many people. But then I go home and watch the news, and they're like, "How can Trump answer the fact that nobody's here to support him?" And what they did is they took pictures of the whole arena when nobody was there. Oh, right? really? So it was just a total fabrication. It's yeah. it was just lying about mm-hmm. what's happening. Yeah. You know? Well, look at the whole denouncing. He didn't denounce white supremacy oh, and yeah. all he's been doing is denouncing it and they won't they won't fact check anyone they yeah. always let those people slide but right. anything against trump you you can say whatever you want right. we've seen fox just sell their soul oh, to yeah. mainstream media it's biased because they don't want to get drugged through like everyone else they don't want to get the mob after them and they want to they want to stay 
in the middle where they don't lose their job. Now I feel like people are just trying to save their job. You're seeing high profile people losing jobs Mm -hmm. and they're like, I don't want to do that. I love my money and my stuff and Mm -hmm. I don't want to do that. So the media is a joke. I I hope Lore and Marcus Pittman and John Speed and all those guys, I hope it takes off. I hope it blows up because what's going on right now is you're suppressing the voice of half the country. You're suppressing 71 million people aren't racist and bigots because they voted for Trump. Right. They just don't like the other side of socialism, Marxism, and communism, Yeah, mm-hmm. right? We like our guns, we like our freedom of, of uh, religion, mm-hmm. and we like our freedoms in general. Yeah, right. Um, and so you're seeing this play out where they're already talking about the mass mandate in January when he takes office. Like, what if it's gone by then? I know, this is mm-hmm. coming from the party of science. Yeah. There is no proof that those masks have worked. No. Um, there's no scientific as evidence. There's no science that's showing us forecasting that the coronavirus is still going to be yeah. as bad as it is now uh, in January 2021. I mean, there's there's nothing. And they're like, we're... I mean, it was flashing on the, the big screen's during yeah. their concession, not their concession, their, is that, what's that called? Concession is when you lose. Yeah, when you, when you give up. Yeah, no, yeah. What, their, their acceptance, <laughs> acceptance of the. of the poll that they, they, they were that present from the media. Yeah, um, and it's like, we believe, you voted in truth, you voted in science. I'm like, science? Yeah, <laughs> but then you see Chuck Schumer out at a huge rally with no mask on. Right. And yet he's screaming, wear a mask. Yeah. And it's like the hypocrisy in this whole thing. You have a million people out in the. Like, oh, but they're wearing their masks. Yeah, but they're also shoulder to shoulder, face to face. Do you think that mask that's 99 cents for a pack of 10 yeah. is saving saving them? No, no it's, it's all it's, a it's all hypocrisy. It's yeah. hypocrisy. Yeah. It's a joke. It's been politicized. Yeah, but what the what the left has done, what, what the party's done, and they said that they would do it. They said, we can't let this go to waste. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They've weaponized it, and we don't know. I mean, hopefully this is all exposed. I mean, I'm praying God, because that's exactly what good men do is they expose evil. Ephesians 5.11 says, do not partake in wicked deeds of darkness, but rather to expose Mm -hmm. them. So I'm praying the truth comes out. So justice can be done. We're supposed to be about doing justice, Mm -hmm. and that is exposing wickedness. Because if we don't do that, it's just going to only embolden mm-hmm. the yeah. the wicked. It's only going to embolden them to do it. And, and, and if they are allowed to fraudulently take over election, it renders elections in our country meaningless. Right. We don't go. We, we go from a republic democracy, right? Mm-hmm. We go from that to a tyrannical totalitarian state yeah. where it's just we let okay free elections, but if you want to come in and and uh, fraudulently corrupt them towards your what whatever guy that you want to be in the in the place or whatever you know however we're voting then what happens to free elections Do you what know happens that to our democracy Mark oh, yeah. Zuckerberg is paying in Delaware County in Pennsylvania he is paying for the poll watch ballot counters salaries Yeah I just read that 100 million dollars he gave wow. This is this is That's before the election even started everyone yeah. knew this they were fighting it they tried to take it to court Wow So we have that going on how is it, if they win this Senate race, this runoff, and if he ends up being the president, Biden ends up being the president, and they win this Senate race in Georgia in January, this runoff, mm-hmm. they will repeal the Second Amendment right away. That'll be their first thing. Yeah. They might pack the court. Mm-hmm. Then what they're going to do, so elections are never fair again, Philadelphia, you're a state. You mm-hmm. can secede from Pennsylvania. You can be your own state. L.A., you can be your own state. Now oh, you have yeah. all of these these liberal cities becoming states, and now you outnumber. Get rid of the electoral college. Now it's just popular vote. Now it's just, and it's just like, th- there's no more election ever. Yeah. And it's gone. Then you just, you get what you get. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think just 
after the last year of seeing the complete media bias for just even with coronavirus and since Trump's been running for re-election, it's just seeing how much the media manipulates the masses and seeing like even YouTube and uh, Facebook mm-hmm. and uh, you know all these social media, it's easy for the Christian to be like, oh my gosh, this is it. We got to just go hunker down. We got to go. Jesus, take me. Yeah. But this is the time when we need to rise yeah. up and fight. You know, we need, like you said, how did how did uh, the liberal the liberals get so uh, so much control of over the media? Church we backed up. we yeah, the church backed up. We need to get in there. We need to go into the hard places. We need to go uh, into the highways and byways and into into the culture and mm-hmm. bring the light of the gospel into conflict with all this evil around us. This is not the time for us to go climb into a cave and hide because it seems so overwhelming. It it does seem so overwhelming when you're like looking at the media and you're like, how in the world? I mean, it used to be, at least when I was a kid, uh, when we were kids, we're all about the same age. It's like uh, you watch the news and even if they were biased, obviously we believe there's no neutrality, um, but they would at least have some mm-hmm. level of professionalism where they wouldn't, you know, say how they really felt. Now they're they don't even pretend not to be biased. They are flat out biased, like calling Trump names and like it's just so um, clear. It's like they're not even hiding anymore. So, anyways, I'm just saying it, well, you could look at that and just feel like so completely overwhelmed, like sure. to hide. So, like, what would you say to people? What would you say as a pastor to other Christians? Um, to not give up and like what would you say just being you know coming from your background of sports and having to fight and to keep your eye in the in the game like what can you tell people to give us some encouragement so we don't feel like calling under a table you want to go first right yeah you can go go first okay well what do we do what's the response um well, people will tell you, like using words like fighting mm-hmm. or kind of military military language, um, it's not nice. It's right. not the loving thing to do. You know, we should only be preaching the gospel. We shouldn't have our foot in politics mm-hmm. because that's just like rearranging the, um, you know, the seats on the Titanic or polishing the mm-hmm. Titanic, you yeah. know, where that comes from. But that's just not the example of the church. Um, that doesn't jive well with the scriptures. I mean, if we're called to be salt and light, right? And that salt and light from the church has to permeate every aspect mm-hmm. of everything that we we are and everything that everything in the culture. Because if you don't have salt, that preservative element, if you don't have light into some place, what happens? It's compounded darkness, mm-hmm. like the political realm. If there's no Christians getting into politics, they're not running for state state uh, legislator positions whatever it may be, mayor, governor, all the way up. If they're not doing that, they, the darkness just compounds, mm-hmm, right? right? There's no light. It's just we wonder why our government system from state level to federal level is so corrupt. It's because there's no faithful Christians there. Mm-hmm. And it's because the church has told them, don't do it. We're going to get raptured up. Mm-hmm. We're just going to be shot up out of our clothes with Christ. There's no need to do that. So I think... Yeah, we have to do it. It's it's a command. And here's a simple command. Why should we do it? Why should we fight for our liberties? Because Jesus calls us to love our neighbor. Right. How can we love our kids and love our posterity and love our neighbors around if we allow their freedoms just to go, That's just right, yeah. run over, right? We can't do it. So I think the biblical answer is we love our neighbor, um, we obey Christ, yeah. we defy tyrants, and it's just what, what we've been commanded to do. Yeah. You know? And I think the athlete answer to that is very similar. 
is Christian athletes can't give in to the culture and say, oh, I can't profess my, my Christian faith because mm -hmm. if I do, they're going to call me a bigot, you mm -hmm. racist, you homophobe, this yeah. and that. You know, LeBron James can go and out and literally talk bad about Hong Kong and trying to get their democracy and their freedom from China, who mm -hmm. has slaves, millions of slaves of Christians too, wow. and Muslims wow. that they have in these camps, right? Hmm. And they won't denounce them. Why? Well, because that's where their money is. Wow. And you have the whole entire NBA <clears throat> saying, well, this is what it is, you mm -hmm. know, BLM. Mm. Let's be real. We, as Christians, we have the foundation where we can say Black Lives Matter. They matter in the the 15, 1600 that get slaughtered every day at the abortion mill. Mm -hmm. yeah. They matter in inner cities where they're getting shot by yeah. each other in gangs. Right. They matter the the police officer in Houston that got shot and killed. Yeah. He mattered. But we have the foundation to say, why do their lives matter? Mm -hmm. right. That whole movement is shot. Yeah. And the NBA just took on that. And what it is, is, is LeBron can say it. But if a Christian stands up and says, I'm against this because my God yeah. says that this is an abomination, right. oh, and, and then you're just, you're done. All right. So our Christian athletes can't just say, oh, I'm just going to put on the rainbow jersey. I'm just going to put on the BLM t-shirt and conform and just be like, I know I serve God mm -hmm. over here. Right. But I know on TV and when I'm doing this, I have to. Mm -hmm. Now, it was very easy for me. My team never, I got called, the team when I, that I'm on now got calls from fans on Twitter because I said something about Megan Rapino and America and what she was, she was living in sin. She needed to repent. And literally they were calling for me to get fired. Like they wow. called the team. You need to release him, fire him. And my team was like, we know his heart. We mm -hmm. know what he's speaking is mm -hmm. because he believes it mm -hmm. and we're going to let him go. Wow. And they never, I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything to the team. They just let it go here. If you try to speak up like Sam Coonrod, with the Giants, mm -hmm. he wouldn't bow the knee, right. which good for him, mm -hmm. right? And everyone's like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. Just bow your knee. Yeah. Well, yeah, Nebuchadnezzar, it wasn't that big of a deal right. to, th to those guys yeah, either, you know? Yeah. Exactly. You know, Neshack and, yeah. Sh you know, they're sitting there like, no, we're not going to do that. Right. And we're going to defy the state. We're going right. to defy yeah. it. Uh -huh. And what happened was MLB, so this is the inside story on that. The MLB said, hey, we're not going to make it mandatory. Mm -hmm. If you want to wear a BLM t-shirt, go ahead and do it. But if you don't, we're not going to tell the reporters that we decided as a team not to do it. Right. So what, what did they do? They sold out their own players. Wow. So now if you're a believer and you're like, I can't wear that, they're gonna, you're going to be the only one on the field not wearing it. And who's going to be watching? All them little reporters that mm -hmm. are, can't wait for the next big story. To and next thing you know it, you're getting drugged through the mud. And it's like, wow. You're, but, but it's worth it. It is At worth it. At the end it. of the day, it's worth yeah. it because you're like, you know what? I'm not going to give in to you. Yeah. You yeah. can fire me. Mark Dewey, who is on um, the has a podcast in the bullpen. It happened in the 90s with him with mm. the AIDS pandemic, like all that stuff. And he wouldn't wear the ribbon. And he said it because of his faith. And he got drugged through the mud mm. and forced out of that city. Is it worth it? Heck yeah, it is. Yeah. It's I worth think it. it is. And we have a train of Christian brothers and sisters in our. Christian forefathers of the past. I mean, that's the that is the story of church persecution and sure. church history. Is it's the, it's this question: Are you going to be faithful to Christ or not? Are you going to be faithful to what you know to be true about Him and His Word? Are you going to be obedient to His commands? Are you going to give in to the pressure? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just this the story of the Scottish Covenanters. Yeah. We we wax long about them. I'm not going to go on them too much. But it was like, no, I don't care if you drag me through the mud. I don't care if you. They used to cut their 
their chests open and take their hearts out and show yeah. to the public Gosh. as they were getting executed. And they would stay faithful up into the very moment yeah. with people screaming, even to 13 and 14 year old kids, just say that that the king is king over Christ right. up until the very that's, last that's moment. That's all you have to do. Just, just say it. You don't yeah. even have to believe it. Just well, say yeah. it. But look like at the story no. of Job, yeah. right? Yeah. Curse God and right. die. Yeah. yeah. Right? It was just, it's all about, I mean, God is giving us tests in life and our allegiance to him is what's most important. Peter says Amen. that our faith is like gold. It's mm. precious to God. And it's it's, it's really refined. this life lived out. Are we going to give you glory? Are we going to hold fast and true to you first in spite of anything? Mm-hmm. And even if we're drugged through the mud, even if we're the only guy that's going to stand like mm-hmm. like Coonrod, it's all worth it. It doesn't matter. Even right. if it costs us our lives, but we as Christians, we have to we have to grasp a hold of that because we can become so inoculated and so um used to the comfort here, Absolutely. used to the to the fleshly pleasures that we would rather go to them. I think as things <laughs> unfold, and if they unfold, you know, in a increasing persecution, you're going to see a mass exodus out of oh, the church. Could you imagine someone standing outside a church with a clipboard and a pencil <laughs> and writing down your name and address and who's going in? And at some point, they're going to say, you either claim, claim Christ or you 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 don't go to church. We're going to we're going to take your money, we're going to take your houses. Mm-hmm. You know how many people these churches around here in this valley yeah. would be ha- would be empty? Oh yeah. You'd have no more seats. I mean, they've been empty because of coronavirus and they all closed their doors <laughs> yeah. like cowards, but <laughs> they would be empty. Yeah. yeah There's going to be plenty of Christians that would be like, "Nope, I'm out." Yeah. Yeah. And but, that's go ahead. This. I was going to say the cool the the thing that I like get pumped up about is that I feel like all of this God uses to like light a fire in his people though. And, and so you just see like this momentum growing. Mm -hmm. So I'm as, as crazy as things are, like I'm excited to see what God has in store, like with Walt Blackman, you know, it just seems like, okay, it's time to fight. Let's do this because you just see God's people rising up and being like, no, we're not going to. We're not backing down. Yeah. You know, God will use this to put a fire into his people. And it, it's exciting. You it know? is. It's, it's, it's exciting. Sad. It's going to be. And it weeds, it's, out, it's and it, and and it weeds out a lot, too. Yeah. It, it shows exactly you who the right. strong ones are yeah. and who and who are the ones that were faking it and yeah. putting this facade on, you know, and being a hypocrite. Yeah. Right. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that yeah, in a second. But it's a purifying word. Persecution is always purifying, which mm-hmm. is good because it does. It weeds out the fakes. Right. So they can be challenged and the faithful Christians can evangelize them. Yeah. It's just like, well, you're really operating like this? Let's examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. We'll talk more about that. But that's what, that's the story of church history, especially again, the covenanters is, you know, these are people who wanted to live in subservience to the state as, as much as they could. Mm-hmm. We want we want peaceful lives. Right. We understand that we do have authorities over us, that yeah. God has instituted these authorities. I want to be a peaceable citizen. Right. But, but there's lines drawn that we simply cannot cross. Right. And when those lines are drawn and we're forced to do things like the state coming into the church and telling the church what the church needs to do, mm-hmm. we yeah. rise up and say over our dead bodies, we simply yeah. cannot do this because we would defy, we would de- be disobedient, dishonor our Christ, right. our King, who is the sovereign over us. But you saw that with the covenanters. I mean, they would come out and they'd be in their field meetings and there'd be like a, a dragoon who's mm-hmm. an English soldier going around and like trying 
trying to scare everybody yeah. with their horses and the covenanters would say, Hey, you better stop that horse from doing that or I'm going to blow your head right off. Wow. So as they increased their intensity, so did the church when they had to. Uh-huh. So yeah, we're not just going to back up and let you trample, no, you over, yeah. trample over our, our wives and daughters as they're sitting happening. on the ground. That's not no. happening. That we happening. can't let that happen. No. no. Well, and it's easy. Like right now, we're just talking to our son about it because it's, you know, for your kids, I'm sure they're probably like, what's what's going on? This you know, guy's going to be president now. What if that happens? And then it starts, not just kids, but adults too. Pastor Jeff talked about it yesterday too, of like, what if they, you know, start force vaccinating? What if this, what if they don't allow, you know, what if, what if, what if, and we can start like getting really afraid. And so sure. our son starts doing that. Well, what if this happens? And my husband, Don, just stopped and said, hey, we have God in, on our side. Yeah. Like, we shouldn't be afraid. They, they should, should be, be afraid. afraid. Like Pastor Jeff said yesterday, quoting Psalm, our God sits in the heavens and laughs. And that's what mm-hmm. we should be doing. We should be sitting back laughing because we have God on our side. Like a belly laugh, right. too. Like, like, a, like, we can actually find real joy in this yeah. situation, even though it seems out of control, because we know God ultimately wins. Yeah. Dat post mill, right? Yeah, it's right. going to get better. Exactly. So. Yeah. And that's exactly the story of church history. Yeah. They would. I mean, mm-hmm. the ones that were faithful to the end, you know, they took it as it comes. And I can't, the, the odds that they face, we can't even imagine. Right. But the guys were, were cool. They were, they were funny. You know, yeah. they, they laughed. They loved life. Yeah. Even in the midst of the persecution. Yeah. We should have no reason not to be joyful right now. Right. We don't, it, it, of course, it could increase and mm-hmm. if it increases so be it we don't want that to happen yeah you know of course you don't want that to happen but if it does we can't have joy right we can't have hilarity like these covenanters did and live life to the fullest and love our wives and yeah. love our kids and yeah. make money and, and do what god has commanded us to do like but that's t- got to be the attitude we have not right. just defeat us roll over and the problem is, is there's just so many churchmen saying oh if you do that you know you know you're not being faithful to christ right. you know it's this you know, I, I think Piper said that if he mm. he um, saw a guy killing his wife, that he wouldn't defend his wife. Because he's a man, an image bearer of God. And I was like, yeah. that's, you're that's, better than me because I'm killing that guy. Well, exactly. I don't think he has any biblical ground to stand no. on. I think yeah. that's just a biblically unwarranted thing to say. Because what you do is you'll use scriptures out of context without looking at all of the scriptures systematically and having all of them come to bear upon a single issue. Yeah. Of course, when Jesus is saying, turn the other cheek, he's not saying, don't defend your wife when a guy's trying to kill her. He's talking about shame there because they would slap you on the face to shame you for what you were doing. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus is saying, hey, let them shame you all they want. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. Because your your identity and your value doesn't come from their opinion of you. So let them shame you all they want. If they're shaming me, they're going to shame you. If they hate me, they're going to hate you. So take that. It has no bearing on self-defense and defending your loved ones at all. So I just think his... You know, these guys who have high profile positions of spiritual um, authority and spiritual influence really have to be careful about what they're saying. Can you imagine telling thousands upon thousands, multiple millions of men, even on our nation, if your wife and children are being killed, don't run to their aid to defend them? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we already have a bunch of cowards already. I mean, they would probably be like, yeah, that's about right. We don't need to do that. Yeah. And And, we use coward a lot, but that's not some slight on them. That is the definition of a coward. If you... So to back away when the enemy's assaulting, to back away from defending people who need you, yeah, that is the epitome of cowardice. Well, yeah. it's a good yeah. good reminder that even these men that we highly esteem, like Piper, I highly esteem John Piper. He's his oh, books. Sure. I, love and, him. I love him. Uh, yeah. 
his his book don't waste your life changed my life like i mean we i've been so edified by his work but he's got feet of clay and so we don't look to them we look to christ yeah yeah. you know and eat the meat and spit out the bones that's the problem with and and i don't think this is necessarily something that he's engendered like he wanted to be a celebrity right but this is what you what happens when you celebritize christian men Mm -hmm. which you should never do right you know they were trying to worship the angels in the scriptures and they're like what are you doing yeah you're talking about angels one of them killed 195,000 men in yeah. a battle and these guys for, how for, we're forbidding you from worshiping us yeah. yeah so how could you possibly worship a guy and what you do is you set them up to be something that they aren't yeah and they have holes all in them right. you know the best of men are the men at best yeah that's so true. you know we can't do that because what you do is that his word is the word of the celebrity comes on par with scripture mm-hmm. so if john piper says i can't defend my wife in my house when she's being raped well i can't do it that's scary yeah, yeah. It's, we can't let ourselves get into that type of man, man idolatry mm-hmm. yeah. okay so just one more little question i have for you i see a lot of pastors i see a lot of spiritual figures that are saying you know what back down trump concede you've lost this fight the best thing to do is to unite the nation. It's mm-hmm. about unity now. Mm-hmm. It's about healing now. Mm-hmm. Melania Trump, even his wife, is pressuring him to concede. George W. Bush told him, concede. Should he concede or should he not? Did George W. Bush, should he have conceded when Al Gore in 2000? <sighs> Mic drop on that um, one. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Like for So... Do you concede? Well, no. When there is as much evidence as they say they have, which none of us have seen it. I'm sure they have some. I don't see Trump as being some idiot fool like he's going to be made mockery of and they're going to be like, oh, he didn't have anything. He was just you know, playing it. I don't think... The guy went and played golf on Sunday. That does not seem like a man that is scared like, or he's nervous. He went and played golf. And that's pretty... To me, that's the mm. first sign of like, okay, he doesn't care. That's you know, true. He's got something... They have evidence. There's people coming forward all the time. People are turning them blind. So do you just quit? That'd be like the same thing. Do you tell people just to quit, you know, when things get tough? You have a, a system that is set up to go until December to make sure that the election was fair and, mm-hmm. and, and ran fairly. Right. So you let the system work for what it's supposed to work. Mm-hmm. Or the next time it happens to a Democrat, they'd be like, oh, no, no, we're going we're gonna to challenge this. And then it's so it's, it's both. They, they said... They said Trump cheated yeah. in the 2016 election, and they mm-hmm. spent the next three years trying to prove it. Right. But here he is; he has to just conform. And it's not yeah. being unity; it's conformity. It's conformity. Don't yeah, be. Exactly. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna unite. You're not gonna unite 71 million people who know what you are, Joe Biden. Right. right. You know, and there's yeah. no. I don't need healing. I Trump is not my my king. Jesus is. I don't right. need healing from Trump. Right. What I'm going to fight is against is the Marxist socialist I- agenda that they have. Oh, yeah. That's what they're and trying to push. And that's all I care yeah. about. Right. And yeah. under Marxism and communism in a totalitarian state, which sure. the Democrats want, it is, it's conformity. It's subjugation. For the sure. tyrant subjugates. Right. You know? So that's why it's just conform, just concede, do what you want. But I think Ecclesiastes 8.11 says this, because the sentence against an evil deed is not executed quickly... Therefore, the hearts of the sons of men among them are given fully to do evil. Mm-hmm. And so what we're saying is if there's fraudulent activity in people, a lot of people have been sending me a message, well, where's all the fraudulent activity? Rudy Giuliani, he's his lawyer, 50 other lawyers are saying, look, these uh, these ballots weren't inspected by Republicans. Mm-hmm. That's a massive red flag there. Sure. Because yeah. what do they do normally with mail-in ballots? It's a Republican looks at it, a Democrat looks at it. They evaluate it and inspect it. If it's good and clean, they say, okay, it's obviously a Democrat. I vote for the Democrat. Sure. If not, we'll put it up on the shelf. How? Why in the world did so many 
hundreds of thousands of ballots not be, were not seen by Republicans. Mm-hmm. Why? Why did they not do that? It's just so crazy. Yeah. So I'm saying, show us the ballots. Show them the ballots. Right. Yeah. Let them inspect Let's it. Let's count them all. And, yeah. And they to have go, to do that. Go back to your question. What does darkness have to do with light? And we're not saying Republicans and Christian Christianity is synonymous. Like not all Republicans sure. are Christian. Uh, mm, Democrats. Uh, I'm not going to say they're all unbelievers. I think there's some believers that vote Democratic that just probably don't read their Bible. Um, <laughs> but I think there's a lot of people that are uh, false converts that vote Democrat because they're not saved, um, obviously. So anyways, uh, but why would we what, – what does light have to do with evil? Like why would we have this false unity when there are this – this platform, the Democratic platform, advocates for child murder, for the destruction of the family unit, for socialism, Marxism, the destruction of our nation. Why on earth would we want to be unified with that? There right. is nothing biblical that tells us that we mm-hmm. have to uh, have this false peace. There is no peace. Yeah, you know? Jesus said, I came not to bring, I was thinking about yeah. this last night, I came not to bring peace, I came to bring a sword. Right. And which there's is no neutrality, word. right? Yeah. You're either with me or against me. So if right. you if if you say that and you say, Okay, I'm I'm with you, Jesus, but gay marriage really isn't that bad. Yeah. Uh abortion, it's not really a full baby yet. Right. Yeah. No, then you're like, no, there's no neutrality. Right. You're either with me or you're against me. Right. Pick your side. Right. And Christians who vote Democratic are either don't understand what the Democratic Party stands for, and right. they're just, they're like, I hate Trump, I'm going to sure, vote. yeah. Which I'm sure there's some of that. Yeah, hold that thought. We're going to get into that right. real quick. Fully, it's okay, though. Yeah, yeah because I really want to kind of drill down on this. Okay. This is kind of the meat and potatoes of this whole segment, because we just want to take the gloves off. Um, and I just want to share my heart just about how kind of devastated I felt seeing this unfold. And then... Not only that, because I don't know how people voted, yeah. but looking at the pastors, so many pastors I know within you know social media and and just own networks and how they responded to it. But um, let's get into the next segment. It's called "Questions That May Get You Punched in the Face." Did you, did you name that? This it's just my favorite. I'm segment. proud of it. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's all about what you guys were just talking about. But let me read you a Kamala Harris quote, and. Every you know, time I hear her name, uh, I, I always I go, Kamala, Kamala, Kamala. Yeah. I can't help it. It's and like... if you are a professing Christian, somebody that loves, you, you profess Christ, you wear the label Christian, you go to church, and you vote a Democrat, you voted for Biden and Harris, this is the ter- person that you voted for. Listen to what she says. She says, as states around our nation continue to attack reproductive rights, especially abortion, that's exactly what we are doing. We're trying to save babies. Mm-hmm. It's more important than ever we have a president who will defend and expand these rights. As president, Joe Biden will codify the Roe v. Wade and protect the constitutional right to choose. Okay, so I'm going to read that unfiltered. She says this, as states around our nation continue to attack reproductive rights, especially child murder. It's more important than ever we have a president who will defend and expand the right to kill your baby, the right to murder your baby. As President Joe Biden will make into law, because Roe v. Wade we know is not law, it's just a fictitious court opinion. He will make into law Roe v. Wade and protect the constitutional right to choose murder. So if you voted for him, that is on your head. Yeah. 
Yeah. You will be accountable for that because you put these people into position to more babies are going to die than ever yeah. if he gets into that place of leadership or if he something bad happens to him and he yeah. dies, she's the next president. Well, the so, whole platform promotes that. Sure. It's how, not just... Right. How yeah. can a faithful Christian vote Democrat? That's yeah. my question. How yeah. can a faithful Christian vote Democrat? Because we've been sounding off about this yeah. and we've been challenged by many Christians out there. How? I, I don't understand how it can happen. You're going to stand before God yeah. and he's going to ask you, what did you do to end this atrocity? And you're going to say what? Yeah. I didn't do anything. Right. I voted Democrat. I... I you know, what did you do to save babies? Right. You, all you did is keep putting people into positions of power that wanted to kill babies. Right. Even, even Kamala Harris, she was against, she was for, uh, against the uh, saving babies if they were struggling, you know, if they had a, a botched abortion. Oh, really? She, yeah. was, she was against giving them any kind of help or medical needs. And it's like, that is just evil. Yeah. And we have women telling that they want their, their little girls to grow up to be like her. Yeah. Let alone she that helped. she slept with and committed adultery to get in the positions that wow. she was in. So the moral bankruptcy that is she is living in mm-hmm. is a is is a joke. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like we're gonna let her tell us how we should live. Well, mm-hmm. she helped prosecute David Dolladin, right? Yeah. So, so who's yeah. David Dolladin? You want to explain that? Well, he's the he did all the undercover yeah. work for Planned Parenthood. Yep. You know, caught so he caught criminal activity. Yeah. Right, so he's like, "Here's all the the proof," and then you've he got prosecuted for it. Like yeah, they, you know, in 2015, when Planned yeah. Parenthood, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he used that. Parts. He actually yeah. is a sacrificial lamb for yeah. that because he knew that once they went to court, mm-hmm. he was going to have to give his deposition, and then so now they yeah. had to shut up. There was yeah. no more questions, and now it's his story. So he was at least going to get it out. Wow. They weren't going to be, and he was going to show all of his proof. Mm. So that's still going on now. Yeah. So he's going to be able to show all of his evidence, all of those videos. Wow. And it's going to, they're, they're trying to actually right now, Planned Parenthood is trying to stop the case. They're yeah. trying to say, no, we don't want to do this no more. Right. And it's like, oh, now you don't oh, want to. Yeah. Got you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she's evil. And yeah. if you voted for them, you know what you voted for. There's no way around it. Yeah. There's no way. No way it's on need... every, every right. ballot you voted for them. You saw the debates. You saw all of the things that they were trying to do. Mm-hmm. They're against everything that God stands for. So there's no neutrality. Right. Right. Exactly. And you literally have to go like this, la 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 la, to not. I mean, I I will t- tell somebody that's saying that they're Christian. Okay, this is what because I got some nasty texts this week from some of my old friends that are, you know, professing Christians. professing Christians, voting Democrat. Anyways, I'm like, hey. They got this one uh, old friend of mine. She got real mad because Zach had posted something, and I re, you know, reposted it. And it all it said was, "What was it? If you?" I said, "If you uh, shame on professing Christians who voted for Joe Biden." Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how that's so judgmental of you. You know, how could you shame uh, other Christians uh, voting Democrat? Uh, voting Republican doesn't make you a Christian. You know, all these things. No, nobody's saying... It's a straw man. Yeah, straw man. Uh, And I just flat out said, okay, 1.6 million children are going to die this year because of abortion. That's one baby every two minutes is getting slaughtered. That is what's happening. And that is what this man... And this platform mm-hmm. is promoting and wants to advance. They want they want to keep it going. Uh, does that mean a rep- putting a Republican in is going to end it? Obviously not. It's been going on for forty three years yeah. um, since Roe v. Wade. Uh, so we we know that the gospel is going to end it. But 
it's going to sure help if we don't have somebody that's advocating to keep pushing it forward, you know? Um, So I said, no, this is what you're supporting when you do it. And she literally did. She wrote, I am not going to read that. Yeah, it's just yeah. that's what it's the member of the Pharisees like, yeah. just is when Jesus would would yeah. uh, speak, they would they would just scream and cover their ears. Yeah. They just don't want to hear it. They I don't mean, want to hear it. And they that's a sign of the unbelievers. The Pharisees are liberal. Yeah, yeah they were. They do know. Oh, yeah. They're crying yeah. babies. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, they, they don't they don't want to hear it, and they don't want to be confronted, or they'll start going, "Well, like you said, it's not really a baby yet." Or they'll go, "Well, we care about you know women and their rights, and we care about." the children at the border and sure. you know they'll they'll divert and just completely turn a blind eye to their neighbors yep. who are being killed every 2 minutes so i just don't understand how you can faithfully follow christ read your bible love god and love your neighbor and vote for a party or platform that's systematically killing them Sure, no, you can't I, do you it, can't. and that's what we're drilling down to right yeah, now. Yeah, I talked to my my UPS yeah. driver and he saw my Trump sign and he says, I can't believe you have that. Yeah. And I said, Reggie, why? He goes, because he's morally, I can't just, he says some terrible things. Yeah. And I said, but the other party is for murdering babies. And he says, well, I'm a Christian. I don't think a man should tell a woman what to do with their body. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, really? I said, do you like wearing the mask? He's like, no, I hate it. I said, that's weird. Mm-hmm. You don't like wearing a mask when you go into the store? Yeah. You don't think a man should tell another man what to put on their body? <laughs> nice. I said, okay, well, you're you're a professing Christian that thinks it's okay. He's like, well... It's just I don't I don't think abortion's okay. I just don't think it's okay for a man to tell a woman. And I said, so you're so he's like, and he went through a story, and his girlfriend ended up having one a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And so I said, so you are a father. You had a baby. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you let you let her kill it. Yeah. And it's it's really strained the relationship now. It's an awkward. We used I to bet. talk. Jada would go out and see him. Hey Ray. Yeah. And now it's been a, it's been really weird. Yeah. But mm-hmm. at least I got the truth out there and yeah. spoke my piece and. That's what love is doing. That is love. saying the hard things that need yeah. to be Loving said. Loving your neighbor is being honest. Yeah, yeah. That's absolutely right. And that's you know the the most disconcerting thing for me as I was just watching this unfold and. and uh, just leading up to the to the whole election is, you know, the reason why professing Christians vote this way is because their pastors maybe in, inadvertently or advertently just they're getting their advice from their pastors. Sure, they're saying Joe Biden is not our enemy. Mm-hmm. They're saying things like voting for, voting for Joe Biden is not a sin, mm-hmm. which I would absolutely challenge. This is a guy. This is a guy who represents a Democratic Party that's full of coveting. Theft, taxation, mm-hmm. of course, child murder, mm-hmm. sexual uh, sin, sexual Pedophilia, gender geez. confusion. It's just a built-on sin. Yeah. And so what you got is you got this massive amount of people that voted this guy into the office, that profess Christ, that don't know, mm-hmm. that don't know him. I think what's coming to the surface is just the massive populace, growing populace in our nation of people who profess Christ who don't know God. Yeah. You cannot tell me you know God to any degree when you vote a guy into office that does the things that he hates and Mm -hmm. affirms and celebrates the things that God hates. Mm -hmm. That's not part and parcel with the regenerate heart. The regenerate heart given to the new, to the newborn Christian, the born again Christian is a heart that loves the things that God loves. You guys know, you know, you were there. I didn't even think about abortion. I didn't care about God and his law. I want to just live my life. I was God of me. I'm going to do what I want. Don't you dare tell me what to do. And then all of a sudden, just out of sovereign mercy and grace, you're gifted this heart and you're like, wait, I hate sin. I love God's word. I love his people. I want to be obedient to him. I want to cast off sin. I want to put on righteousness. That is what regeneration amounts to. And so what do we have to do here? We have to shame 
Christians. We mm-hmm. have to say this is wrong. Yeah. We have to rebuke. We have to wake them up with that terminology. So I, I did that post that said, shame on you. And so many Christians came back at me and said, how dare you shame people? That comes from the devil and not God. Yeah. And then I go to Colossians 2.15, where it says that Jesus put the authorities to open shame. The Bible commands us to rebuke. Rebuking is strong correction. That's the role of a pastor. Yeah. But I got to do if I'm dutiful to my position. Right. right? It's like, as, as Christians, if I'm a Christian man and I'm out and I see a, a, another Christian brother, not with his wife. Right. Right. Do I just turn around and leave and yeah. hope that he didn't see me and then hold it in? Right. Or do you go to him privately and say, hey, listen, I know what's going on. I saw mm-hmm. you need to handle this. Let's do it. No, right. like, yeah, that's of course that's what you do, sure. right? And yeah. so now when you're talking about a party like the Democratic Party, it's like, oh, just like whatever, just live however you want. So Christians as Christians, like, yeah, we should judge Christians on on your fruit and on your faith. Like, yeah. if you let that go as a Christian, be like, well, wait a second, you're 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 wrong right here. Let's go back to the word. Let's see what God says. Yeah, you hate them yeah. if you don't do that. You're not faithful. If you're not obedient. I mean, we are called, the Bible says that open. we're called to openly rebuke, that the wise man accepts the rebuke. Yep. I mean, if you saw a guy and he was out with another lady and you didn't go to him, you, would, you, don't, you don't love him. No, because right? you allow him to continue in this path of destruction right. that's going to destroy him and destroy his wife. Right. No, so when we say these things, they are they seem negative to the unregenerate person, right. but sure. they are very life giving because they challenge you in your course. Right. I mean, these folks that are filling churches that are voting for a hellish mm. couple people like these two individuals, devilish, just absolutely depraved, wicked people mm-hmm. that are going to kill human beings. For Christians to vote for that and for us who are in the faith not to challenge them, we don't love them. Yeah. Now, the right thing, what we need to do as Christians in this nation, and what I'm going to devote a lot of my heart to for the next, I don't know, forever, I guess, is really challenge the faith of Christians sure. as much as we can. How do we do it? I talked a little bit about last night, maybe just a little bit of practical um, evangelistic advice, but when you share the gospel and people tell you, oh, I'm a Christian, you can't take that at face no. value. Sometimes yeah. you want to just do it because oh, you, you feel, okay, I'm kind of off the hook. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can move on to somebody else. Sure. No, it's no longer, I'm a Christian. You have to dig deep yeah. and you have to say, okay, well, um, you know, the Bible does talk about false conversion. The Bible talks about false Christians sure. all yeah. through First John. That's sure. what First John is all about, mm-hmm. is understanding what true regeneration is. But when you Talk to a person, they tell you as a Christian, just say, hey, just just let me know what the gospel is. Share the gospel with yeah. me. You know, I talked to a guy last night and he said, well, what I do is I say, I'm about to get run over by a car and you have three minutes to tell me the gospel before I go into eternity. What yeah. is it? Yeah. If they cannot articulate the true gospel, it doesn't, I'm not talking about waxing eloquent about all of... Sure. We're not expecting that. No. Just the basic fundamentals. Who God is God. God is holy. Man is sinful. You you preach the law to them, which exposes sin, Mm -hmm. the work of Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection, and uh, the command to repent. Those are some essential components of the gospel. If they can't articulate that and you say, hey, I've said it so many times before. How can you be saved by a gospel that you don't even understand? Sure. Right. And then it's laying out the gospel. Somebody asked me, how do we evangelize these churches? Yeah. Do we go out in front of the churches? Well, in some cultish churches, I would love to go out and stand in front of Joel Osteen's church mm-hmm. or Benny Hens or, I mean, aberrant churches. We got to make sure we're doing it right. We're not yeah. beating up the, the bride here. But it's just basically everybody you talk to, you share the gospel with, you challenge their Christianity. And that's how we're going to see these people come to the Lord. That's yeah. it. And I, I, I always see how Christians get uncomfortable when Jada and I start talking about things and 
uh, you know, they might bring up, oh, yeah, this female pastor that I follow. And I'm just like, oh, I guess Second <laughs> Timothy is not in, in your Bible, I guess. And, mm-hmm. But you can see the uncomfortableness. So that going back to that, the Christian, the average Christian would be like, well, you can't ruin that guy's family because that's going to ruin his kids and his mm-hmm. wife and they're going to get divorced. And mm-hmm. so don't do that. Just, just, just let it go. And it's like, well... That's not what we're called to do. Right. So we're commanded to do. Our life is not our own. We've been bought with a price. Yeah. We're, we're, we're slaves to the master Christ. That's we right. We don't choose what we do. Yeah. We, we get our marching orders from him. And that's the way we got to live out our faith. And it's know? so destructive for the unbelievers to see as well. So they're, they're looking at people that are calling themselves Christians uh-huh. and they're like, see, they're they're Christians and they're saying it's okay. Yeah. They're giving a hearty approval for this. Christians ruin it a lot with atheists. What does this do? You know, it 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 ushers people into hell, is what it does. It with us clapping behind yeah. them, saying, "Good job, you're sinning against a holy God," and and we're saying that that sin is okay. A sin that God finds abominable is detestable. You know, it and we Christians are saying it's okay. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna applaud you and approve of that. Yeah, so I would say to that Christian that says it's okay. God says abortion is murder, I think it's okay. Yeah. Um God says homosexuality is abominable sin. He cast down what raining sulfur on mm-hmm. a couple cities because of it. Mm-hmm. If you think that's okay, you don't know God. Yeah. Like Paul says in Second Corinthians thirteen five, you have to examine yourself to see if you are in the faith. Mm-hmm. Yep. The most loving thing that you can do to a family member who professes Christ mm-hmm. says, "Oh, I pray to God. I pray for the will of God," and throws around spiritual language like that, but actually lives a duplicitous life mm-hmm. to where they support the things that God hates. You should point you, them to Isaiah 1. Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Isaiah 1 that says, I reject all of your worship. Don't ever worship me because you failed to defend the fatherless. Yeah. You yeah. failed to do justice. So we have to be bold as Christians, and it's a difficult thing to do. Des and I have had to do it with friends and family. Sure. But we have to, in, the, in an attitude of love and humility, we've got to confront them and say, no, I, I can't pray with you. I can't be spiritually yoked with you. I we have to talk about the big white elephant in this room that you are you're professing Christ and you're supporting a guy like Joe Biden. You're voting for a guy like Joe Biden. You profess Christ. Yeah. You congratulate and so or you celebrate and you're out in the streets with folks celebrating a guy like him who is the enemy of God, mm-hmm. who who wars against God in, in, in his glory. Yeah. And you're going to tell me you're a Christian? Shame on you for that. Shame yeah. on you. Not shame on you as just an arrow through your heart, but let's wake up. Let's talk about the gospel. Let's yeah. talk about the fact that you don't know God. Yeah. Because the Bible says out of the abundance of the mouth, the heart speaks. That's right. The Bible says that if the good tree bears good fruit, the bad tree bears bad fruit. Mm-hmm. Christianity is not some nominal title or classification that you just put on to, to be cool with people, some certain segment of people in your life that are Christians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then the other part of your life, you're the non-Christian. Yeah. That's not what it's all about. Yeah. The, you, we, have to, we have to say these hard things. Because so much of the American evangelical church is on that day of judgment. Oh, I'm a Christian. My pastor told me I was a Christian or my family told me I was a Christian. He's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you, you worker of iniquity. Mm -hmm. The most loving thing we could do is confront the false 
brethren in the church with the gospel. It's what we got to do, man. And it's, it's to me, the hardest, you know, because it it's really dying to yourself and dying because you love these people. I yeah. love our, our unbelieving family. I love our unbelieving friends. I want to see them saved. I remember saying that same crap, you know. Yeah. I remember that crap coming out of my mouth, and this guy over here just gently took me through it, you know, and he never backed down. He never... Uh, faltered but he always just said no this is yeah. what god's word says you're either gonna go follow your your own ways or you're gonna follow christ and i hope that you follow christ and then god in his timing and in his sovereignty saved me and opened my eyes but i remember that pride and feeling mm -hmm. offended and you know it's just let that love for your neighbor that love for your family member let it stir you to action to to sure. die and even if they you hate you for it You're they they absolutely hate you and are offended by you and they don't talk to you ever again or they threaten that tell them because you'd rather you'd rather go into eternity knowing that you loved them enough yep. to tell them than not because we yeah. don't know we're not guaranteed tomorrow we don't know when we're you know you hope that those family members or friends that have rejected god you, you know you still have that hope for them that they're going to come to yeah, this they're going to come to the lord before the end but sure. we just we don't know the timing know. and so we just got to love them enough to have them spit in our face that's right you know yeah gotta die to self yeah you know we just have to it's hard we want the approval of men we mm -hmm. want the approval of our loved ones afraid um, to get those unfriends on facebook <laughs> yeah you know right. i've gotten to be where it's like you know what at least i'm gonna be consistent so you know because that's what i think christianity like hurts sometimes when you see a christian being cons you know consistent in one area and then over here, it's like, oh man. Yeah. So that's when the atheist points out, well, here's a Christian. Yeah. And then you see the the, the side where he's struggling. It's like yeah. we have to be consistent on every avenue. Yeah. And I just I think that's the big key is Christians need to be consistent in everything they do. Yeah, we're gonna sin. We're not Amen. sinless. Yeah. Amen. You know, but we're right. gonna sin and make mistakes, but own it, fess yeah. up to it. Yeah. You know. Imagine imagine if uh, you found out your loved one had cancer and they were gonna die. Mm -hmm. And there was a, a an antidote for it, and they you never told them. And just right at the very end, as they're dying, they find out that you knew the antidote. Yeah. And you have to tell them, I knew this whole time, but I yeah. didn't tell you because you know I, I thought you were going to be mad at me for it. Imagine having to face your loved one in eternity. <laughs> and we know it's God's sovereign will. God draws His elect. He uses His people with the gospel. Sure. Imagine though having to look the person that you love in the face and be like, "I was too afraid that you were going to be mad at me." Yeah, yeah. I it's don't just, want that. I love myself more than yeah. I did you. Yeah. I loved uh, comfort. Yeah, I loved. We I, confrontation's not the funnest thing. Yeah. I think people have varying degrees. Jada of, thinks it's fun. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> For some reason. Yeah, <laughs> that's why she's one of my best <laughs> friends. Much like you, confrontation. <laughs> yeah. It's like different realms. Like confrontation. I don't care about going out and confronting guys. The abortion mill, whatever it is, but it's like family confrontation. People that's the hardest. Really yeah, that's the hardest. Yeah. but it's something that. We got to get past. Yeah. Sure. It's just the level of death to self. And I think as you do that, God blesses you with more boldness yep. and more mm -hmm. courage to go forward. I mean, look, if persecution pops out, 
and spreads like wildfire, which it, it may. I mean, I see that coming. I, and I'm not, I'm not a doomsday. I don't yeah. like it. I, yeah. I want to be joyful. I just want to do get to sure. work for the Lord. Yeah. If it happens, you know what happens? It purifies. Again, it purifies the church. You're talking about consistency. Mm-hmm. When the persecu- when the covenanters went through all their persecution, it brought out just these incredible men and women. Mm-hmm. You know, and the preaching there was unreal. The ministry there was unreal. That's why they wanted more of the word, like Jeff was talking about last yeah. night, how they would flip yeah. over the yeah. dial awesome. for more yeah. of it. Yeah. Yeah. It makes the church more pure and more as it should be. So the, that's what we have to look forward to through persecution. Right. So what do we do? We just remain faithful, and consistent. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, man, I think we'll wrap it up there. I love you. Yeah. Appreciate you. I appreciate thanks your wisdom. Yeah, thank you for coming on. It was Brother awesome. It's just a combo. Yeah. It's dangerous. Yeah. So well, thanks for watching today. I hope it was a blessing to you. If it was, share it. Um, support us. We need your help. Yeah. And uh, maybe just take something out of this. It's time to fight. And what do we mean by fight? And the Bible says we don't wage war like the out of the flesh, right? We mm-hmm. don't wage war carnally. We fight with the gospel. We get the gospel out. We are in the state that we are in as a nation. That professing Christians can vote in such a wicked man like Joe Biden because the gospel is not taking root within the nation. Mm-hmm. We need Christians to get out there, share the gospel. And I'm not talking about getting up on soapboxes. That's needed and going on street quarters. That's needed too. Not everybody's called to that. Yeah. You have a sphere of influence and you, vocationally, relationally, people that you rub shoulders with, you have to get the gospel to them. That is what we have. That's the only answer. There's no plan B here. The answer is a permeation of the gospel in a nation. It has the redeeming qualities to make the nation as God wants it to be, only through the gospel. So please, if, you, if you're thinking about your kids and your posterity and generations down the line, if you care about them, you'll preach the gospel. That's right. If you love Christ, you'll preach the gospel. Yeah. If you want to see our nation fold, like so many people predict it's going to fold, then you'll keep your mouth shut as a Christian. We can't do that. So let's get out there and preach the gospel while we still have breath, right? Absolutely. Right. We love yeah. you guys. We'll see you next time. And just as a reminder, go onto our Facebook, Instagram, give us a like and review. Oh, and uh, our I, our podcasts, um, podcast platforms. I, I can't talk. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, go on iTunes, give us a review because that's going to help kind of expand our, our little bubble. So thanks for everybody that does that. And yeah, keep fighting. Get in the game, Christian, because it's on now. It, yeah. it is. Go preach the gospel and get yeah. provoked. That's right. Yeah. Love you guys. Love you guys. <laughs> See you next time. <laughs>